Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome back to the show. Or if this is your first time tuning in, it's really so lovely to have you here. I'm Megan, a creativity coach and a yoga teacher, super passionate about the idea of living with curiosity, compassion, and courage. Or in other words, a whole lot of heart and wonder. And this is episode 75, and it's the one where we are going to talk about joy. Why it can feel daunting, how to feel it, and how to reframe our relationship with joy so that we can create space to feel more of it. I'll be honest, I've really had my own struggles with the concept of joy and also with the idea of happiness. But let's come back to that since there's this incredible distinction between joy and happiness that I recently stumbled upon and I'm kind of head over heels in love with it. For now, I'd love to take you back to last summer. If you're a regular listener, you may remember that last summer I was smack dab in the middle of my coaching certification. As part of this time, I was working with a buddy who I coached through a three-month series and they also coached me through a three-month series. And just as a little side note, my buddy Catherine, who was just like one of the best gifts of 2022 for me, she's actually going to be on the next podcast episode. We'll be talking about her journey with self-trust and I promise it will get you fired up in the best way possible. So when I was being coached by Catherine, I set two goals for our work together one of which was actually to expand my capacity for joy. I was coming out of what had been a really heavy, dark period, and I wanted to feel more joy, but it felt elusive. It felt slippery. It felt just out of reach. Early on, Catherine said something to me, She said, it sounds like you're comfortable inviting joy in, but not having her stay a while. In which I said this, I knew it was one of those moments where I just knew like, oh yeah, that's it. Because I'd be experiencing these small little shimmers of joy, but they didn't last. This language that Catherine shared with me, it turned into this metaphor for how I thought about my relationship with joy, almost like joy was a house guest. I felt like if joy is a house guest, it's kind of like I'm inviting her to stay in an unfinished basement. Kind of, you know, creepy and dark and maybe there's cobwebs. That's what I was picturing in my mind. What I really wanted though, was to be able to welcome her into my living room to cozy up with blankets, a cup of tea, to stay as long as she liked, to be fed and nourished and held. My initial chats with Catherine about joy, they really did get me feeling excited. I felt 
really ready to make a shift, to get curious, to nurture this more expansive and reverent relationship with joy. But this interesting thing happened, which was almost as soon as I started to plan on how to bring more joy in, I started to feel a sense of overwhelm. It felt like too much pressure. It felt like in my planning, I was trying to force this thing that couldn't be forced. Even though I deeply wanted to feel more joy in my life, it was like I was digging my heels in and resisting it. And I actually ended up changing the goal, abandoning the idea of joy altogether. Now we'll come back to this story in a little while. But I want to pause here to share that I know I am not the only one who struggles with or even resists the concept of joy and feeling joy. One of the reasons that I know this is because when I now work with coaching clients, often some version of this same thing unfolds. So for context, just like in my work with Catherine, at the beginning of every coaching series with a client, whether they're new or continuing on with me, we set goals. These goals act as the compass or almost like the North Star for our work together. They're meant to be highly personalized, really inspiring, motivating, and this one's tricky, stretchy, yet achievable. They're things like discover my purpose, or make decisions with more ease, or shine as my most creative self at work. We dig deep to what someone really wants, what's underneath the desire for a promotion or better managing energy or writing a book. And it's in this digging that the idea of joy or happiness often comes up. What's fascinating is that when it comes up, either during this goal setting time or in the weeks that follow, oftentimes somebody will say that the idea of joy feels like too much pressure. So this might not happen right away. It could happen just like it did for me after wanting and feeling excited about bringing more joy in. And then it just starts to feel like too much. It starts to feel maybe not achievable or like there's too much weight of expectation. And just like I did, often if somebody sets a goal around joy, they decide they want to change it. Something that feels more possible. And I get that. Like it feels vulnerable to name and claim that we want more joy. In part, because like what happens if we don't get that? If our efforts to create more joy don't work? How disheartening and deflating is that? There's this tension, I think, within a lot of us. Maybe even all of us, I don't know, (laughs) between wanting joy on a deep, embodied level, but being afraid to name and claim that fully, or even 
when joy does show up, not letting ourselves feel it. Maybe because we're afraid we'll want more of it and it won't be there. Or maybe just because we aren't letting ourselves feel our feelings in general, that numbness that we talked about in the last episode with Heather Dressel. Because it's not just grief and anger and sadness that we sometimes push away. But when we're pushing away our feelings, that can mean that we push away joy too. Or there's an example I see all the time in others and also full transparency in myself of not letting ourselves feel and celebrate when something goes really well. Like that feeling of accomplishment, especially when it's something that was really important to you. Like how often do we just gloss over that? All this to say, the idea of joy and our relationship to joy has been on my heart been reflecting a lot on this idea. And I had a big light bulb moment that I wanted to share with you. It came while I was reading The Lightmaker's Manifesto by Karen Walrand as part of the MB Social Justice Book Club, which just as an aside, if the idea of a social justice book club intrigues you, it's free. It's led by the lovely Ashley Cruz. It's a beautiful space. But the subtitle of the Lightmaker's Manifesto, it's really important for me to share it with you. It's how to work for change without losing your joy. In full transparency, I am only 42 pages into the book, so I honestly know that there is a lot more for me to soak up about how Karen, the author, discusses joy, and I know that she has really specific thoughts that I can't wait to read about how to cultivate it. I haven't gotten there yet. But there was this really big light bulb moment for me that felt like such a game changer, I just couldn't wait to share it with you. And it goes back to the distinction between joy and happiness. So I'd love to read a little excerpt from the book for you. Karen writes, happiness is a fleeting, pleasurable emotion caused by external circumstances. You're happy when someone remembers your birthday, or when the barista puts extra whipped cream on your hot chocolate, or when it's payday. Happiness occurs in the moment as an immediate reaction to an event, and it can fade just as quickly. Happiness is transient. Joy, on the other hand, is something more profound and long-lasting. Often joy finds itself rooted in much deeper things like meaning and purpose. And joy can paradoxically arise directly out of sadness and pain and loss. This is a little bit later. Even during times of challenge, joy often sits alongside suffering. Mere happiness, though, not so much. There's so much more wisdom from Karen around joy in this book. But I wanted to just speak to this distinction today because it's one that I had never considered before. And it feels so earth-shatteringly important to me to name that joy, in fact, often comes from suffering or pain or struggle or challenge 
or stretching ourselves or letting ourselves be in it. That joy can sit alongside the grief and the sadness and the longing and the anger and the ache inside. This distinction has really been allowing me and inviting me to see things in my own life with fresh eyes. Instead of trying to create joyful moments, I'm really trying to let myself acknowledge, honor, and feel the joy that is already present within whatever it is that I'm experiencing, especially the things that maybe I didn't think of as joyful before. I'd love to give you some examples. Just yesterday, my partner Eric and I had this really sticky conversation about our finances. The context here is that we're on a variable mortgage and don't get me wrong, we are so privileged that we are even able to have a mortgage and we're able to purchase a home. But the interest rate increases, which have been happening over the last year and a half, have meant that our monthly mortgage payment has gone up over $1,000 a month. Mix that together with the fact that I had to take a fair bit of time off of work in 2021 and 2022 while I was healing through PTSD and seizures. And it's meant that finances have, have been tough for us. But we've also been practicing really getting curious and compassionate in our conversations around money. And this has been a work in progress. But it meant that even though we had a sticky conversation yesterday because we'd gone over budget on groceries for the month of May, I honestly finished the conversation with a feeling of joy. And even in the conversation, I was feeling joy. And this was driven in large part by a real appreciation for the ways in which Eric and I were showing up for ourselves and showing up for each other with so much love. What I felt in our conversation was like this deep connection. I felt a deep connection that he was making with himself and with me. And I felt the connection that I was making with myself and my needs and my emotions and with him. And if you'd asked me what a joyful Saturday would look like, I never would have said like, let's have a huge finance conversation. But when I went to bed last night and I was reflecting on the day, I really felt so much joy. And this feeling that like I would not have traded that morning for anything. I felt that it brought not just us closer, but it brought me closer to myself. Here's another example. A really, really dear friend of mine who I hadn't seen in years and who lives far away was recently in Ottawa, the city where I live. And what brought her to town was really tough and intense and emotional and unexpected. And even though I felt a lot of emotion around this situation, like sadness and pain and frustration for what she was going through, when I got to hug her and bring her food and be alongside her, and just be in it with her, there was truly nowhere else I'd rather be there was a little bit of joy in just being able to be alongside her. 
even though the circumstances were awful, there was a joy that came from connection and being there, being with someone, not just in those beautiful moments of life, but in the hard ones. And I feel like that's what joy is becoming about for me as I'm reflecting on it. About those deep connections. That's where I find the joy. And sure, of course, it also happens in the light and breezy moments like sitting on a beach or canoeing at sunset. But it also happens in the tough times too. There are so many more examples that I could give you. Like how joy can emerge, and I've been thinking of this a lot too, out of the confusing, sticky, creative process that feels messy when you're in it. Or how joy can show up in moments of crisis when people rally together to support each other. These moments that may contain an intensity or pain or suffering or grief, but also hold connection, meaning, and discovery. So let's circle back to my story of last summer. My story of working to expand my capacity for joy. My story where I abandoned my goal of joy because it felt like too much work, too intense, a weight of expectation. I ended up changing my goal so that the focus was more around lightness and ease while I was going through some unexpectedly sticky moments, uh, one of which was actually our finances as we were working to grapple with the rising cost of our mortgage. Unsurprisingly, though, Now, I think unsurprising at the time, I was like, oh, wow, this is fascinating. But what happened was that at the end of our three-month practice coaching container, I actually was way more connected to joy, even though I had shifted my focus. I think there's two reasons for this. One, I took the pressure off trying to create moments where I would feel joy And in taking the pressure off, I actually created more space to feel the joy that was there just by releasing the weight of expectation. And the second, I wasn't in my head trying to do the things that would bring me joy, but I was really letting myself feel into my heart. And when I let myself feel the feelings that were there, joy and meaning could then be found in the moments of difficulty. All this has led me to this place in my own life where I'm still reflecting and thinking a lot about joy. But I'm way more interested in noticing where joy shows up in life rather than trying to create it or manufacture it. I'm allowing myself to look for it with curiosity and to feel it in my heart and I'm practicing noticing when it does come up, how do I let myself stay with that sensation? I feel like more than ever, I have this deep appreciation for the fact that we can't think or plan our way into joy. It's more about letting ourselves feel it. The joy is experienced not in the head, but in the heart. And that can be tough 
because it means that we have to feel our emotions. We might have to feel sadness and grief and pain, these things that maybe we don't want to feel. But in letting ourselves feel those things, we just might find joy too. So my friend, I would love to hear from you. Has this episode shifted anything for you about how you think about joy? Or do you have something you'd love to share with me about your thoughts on joy or something that's helped you reframe your relationship with joy? You can always reach out to me on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston. Send me a DM. You can also reach out by email, hello at meganjohnston.com. And you'll find both those links in the show notes. In the next episode, we're going to be joined by my friend Catherine as we dive into this topic of self-trust. And one more thing before you go. If you have a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be like the biggest gift, not just to me, but to the show and this community. It might sound not all that important or like it's just an ego booster, but there's actually several magical things that happen with a rating and a review to help the show become way more easily findable and discoverable on podcast players, as well as showing potential guests that this is an active, vibrant community that they want to be a part of. And if you'd love to leave a rating or a review, but are sitting there going, I just don't know how, feel free to ask me. I can walk you through it. Until next time, keep living with a whole lot of heart and a whole lot of wonder. Wonder.